0: GPC family, as I thank Christ for you and as I thank you for your love and to you, our friends and guests into our, into our home, our community here, our family. Uh, the gift of gifts that I personally have received uh, through Christ is the gift of my, my bride, my Glenda. And thank you for loving her and the kindness and just the care you've given to her and to our five children. Uh, who uh, This is home. This is home. And now for our uh, children-in-law and our eight grandchildren, thank you for the way you've loved and do love our whole family. Uh, I'm indebted to you and, of course, indebted to my Glenda and to our family. Whew. What's Christ saying to us? What's he saying to his family throughout his world for now and in the future? What's he saying? I believe he's saying in Dr. John Piper's words, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. I have been and continue great." Uh, Through Dr. John Piper, his writing, his preaching, he wrote a book on Don't Waste Your Life. Our friend here at GPC, our pastor friend, Richard Smith, in Spartanburg, South Carolina, uh, started a church there, and Richard Smith took this truth to heart, Don't Waste Your Life. At age 33, uh, Richard Smith was... Having severe pain in his hip. And he'd go to the doctors and they would say it was a muscle, it was this, it was this, but no one could really help him. Doctor after doctor. Now, finally, in God's goodness, Richard was able to go to a specialist in Atlanta, Georgia. And this specialist looked and immediately after some tests said, There it is, a tumor a sarcoma hidden in his hip. It was removed. And Richard took that, don't waste your life, and developed a life of don't waste your cancer. After five years, when hopefully cancer patients are cleared after five years, Richard began having pain again. This time it was in his lung. Cancer had come to his lung. He had a lung removed. But since then, he's still very active there in Spartanburg, has begun a wonderful church there, Hope Point, has written a book many of us have enjoyed and enjoyed. These are free, Chasing What Matters. Don't waste your life, don't waste your cancer. Or another excellent book. These are free. Dr. R.J. Gore is making these available. Sermons that have taken from Erskine Seminary family after a 180-year anniversary, a book of sermons, Dr. Gore is making available to us under the title Celebration. So what is Christ saying to us now? What's he saying to you the rest of your life? As long as he allows us to live? What's he saying? Don't waste your life. And from this scripture that we have this morning from Philippians chapter 2, in these verses, we see a wonderful, extraordinary truth to experience and share. So we're going to see a truth to experience this truth and to share it. And then we're going to ask and hopefully answer two questions. Ask and answer two questions. But the statement of extraordinary, wonderful truth we see from this passage is Christ's life was not wasted. Christ did not waste his life. And then the two questions I want us to ask and answer is this. Well, what is a wasted life? What is a life that's been wasted? And thirdly and lastly, what is a life not wasted? What is a life of of joy, of, of gladness, of success? But first we see from this scripture, Christ did not waste his life. How do we know that from this passage? We will see that Jesus Christ, you look at his life, there was no selfishness nor pride in Jesus Christ. Only humility. No selfishness in the life of Jesus Christ. No pride in Christ. Look, do nothing, Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. That's Christ. That's who he is. That's what he did. He did not look selfishly at his own desires, his own ambitions, his own goals. He was not arrogant. He was not proud. He was not self-centered. But in humility, he humbled himself. He considered others as far more significant and important than himself. All those the Father would give Him, He says, you're more important. Christ chose to live for you. To die on that cross. To take the wrath of God upon Himself. The punishment against sin that He did not deserve. He's holy. He's perfect. But He chose to receive that judgment in order that by His resurrection to give His perfection to all of those the Father gives to Him. He was not selfish, nor arrogant, nor conceited. But He chose in humility to put our needs... Before his own desires. So Christ's life was not wasted. There was no selfishness in Christ. There was no pride. It was humility. His focus was on the good of others. Look at verse 4. Let each of you look not only to our own interest, but to the interest of others. Christ as he anticipated the cross as he knew because he's God that the soldiers were coming to arrest him to begin that torture, those that abuse and that beatings and that cruelty, knowing that he was going to be separated, forsaken by God the Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Knowing all of that which was before him. Taking that cruelty upon those for those who he knew hated him. But doing that on behalf. looked out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. So as he was anticipating the cross, as he wondered and asked the father, father, is there any other way to satisfy your wrath, to give you a people for yourself? He said, Father, not His will, but the Father's will be done. His focus was not on His own desires, but on the needs of others. Look at verses 7 and 8, Philippians 2, 7 and 8. Christ's life was not wasted. Look, He emptied Himself. He took the form of a servant. God, creator, became a slave to the very ones who hated him. He became a slave, a servant. He became one of us, yet he never sinned. He never sinned. And found as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. When it says Christ emptied himself, became like one of us, let's understand what he's not saying. He is not putting off his deity. He continued as divine as God. It means he did not cling to his privileges that were always his. He didn't hold on to those privileges that is the way the Reformation Bible under Dr. R.C. Sproul, as general, general editor, states it. I like that. What does it mean? That he emptied himself? That he did not cling to those privileges that were always his? It means he relinquished his divine status, not his divine deity. He surrendered. He relinquished his status. Not his divine. Not his deity. Thank you Christ. For becoming a servant. Even to the point of death. Death on that cross. Christ's life. Was not wasted. Family. Friends all of us throughout the nations must ask the question, well, what is a wasted life? If we're not to waste it, what's it like? We're told back in these verses, Philippians 2, 3, and 4, this is a wasted life. Living selfishly for ourselves in arrogance, pride, pride, selfishness look at verses two three and four do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit so what's a wasted life it's it's when it's our life is our focus it's when we are arrogant and proud and think we're better than others that we're more important than others that life centers around us and i'm guilty i'm guilty I say to my wife, I say to you of the GPC family, I live for comfort. I live for comfort. I live for selfish pleasure. That's a wasted life when the world is centered around me. It's a wasted life when you Your life is centered around you, around us, with arrogance, thinking we deserve what we have. No, 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 no. A wasted life is a selfish, self-centered, arrogant, proud, conceited life. No in humility we're cons- we are to consider others more significant than ourselves we are to look not only to our own interest but also to the interest of others it's natural for us to look after our own interest our medical needs our physical needs that's natural But it takes in addition to that which is natural, it takes that supernatural ministry of Christ and the Holy Spirit to say, but what are your needs? Family? Community? What are your needs? Millions in the slums of India? What are your needs? Persecuted? Christians and Muslim nations or communist nations? People right here around us. What are your needs? What are your interests? How can we serve you? What are your needs? Your interest. What's a wasted life? When life is centered on us What's a life that's not wasted? We see the life of Christ, he certainly did not waste his life. What's a wasted life when life centers around us? What's a life that's not wasted? A life that's not wasted. Here it is. Back to verse 3. Do nothing From selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, counting others more significant than yourself. That's a life that's not wasted. What's a life not wasted? It's a life of humility. It's living for the good and needs of others. Look at verse 4 again. Verse 4. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. What's a life not wasted? Living in humility for the good of others. And lastly, dependent on Christ to accomplish His work. Dependent on Christ to accomplish his work. Family, friends, guests, what's a life not wasted? It's a life that we can say, hopefully with sincerity, every day. Lord, increase our dependence on you. That we will want you and need you and sense our inadequacy more today than ever with confidence, a dependence and confidence daily. Help! We're destitute, we're impoverished, we're needy, and confident in His provision. pastor speaking to his congregation there in his African nation. His home, the pastor's home had been burned. The building, the church had been burned. And he gathered with his congregation as he spoke to his, his family, his spiritual family. He said, I'm thankful today I'm thankful for at least three reasons. I'm thankful it was my home that was burned and destroyed and not your home. And he was sincere. I'm thankful it was my home and not your home. Secondly, I'm thankful the church was not burned. What do you mean? It's in ashes. No, 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 no. The structure, the building is burned, but not the church. You're the church. You're the bride of Christ, of whom he is jealous and precious. I'm thankful the church is not burned. You're well. And lastly, I'm thankful it was my home and not your home. I'm thankful the church is not burned, because you're the church. And thirdly and lastly, I'm thankful that you are not murderers today. What do you mean murderers? I'm glad you didn't take revenge and go out and attack or kill those who did that to us. And he was sincere. I'm glad you did not retire. But in fact, they, members of the church, began welcoming and loving and caring for family and friends. Who had done that to them. That's not a wasted life. That's a life of joy. It's a life of success. And so Paul goes on to say, look what he says. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Here it is. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What is a life not wasted? Living out salvation in Christ. Now, please understand, we do not work for salvation. You can never, ever achieve or earn salvation by your works, by your performance. You can never be good enough nor do enough good. It's impossible. There's none of us righteous. No, not one of us. The only way to be welcomed into God's family, adopted as sons and daughters, to receive this gift of salvation is by His grace. It is by grace through faith. We can be saved. It is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. It's not of your works. It's not of your performance. It's not by being good enough or doing enough good. It's God who must save. It's God who must enable you to repent and rest in Christ. To repent means to acknowledge your sin, believing that you deserve His punishment. You deserve hell. You deserve God's wrath. I do, we all. But in grace, He sends Christ to live that perfect life, to take the punishment you deserve, to give you His perfection, Turn, turn from going your own way. Turn to Christ. Rest in Him. What is absolutely needed to receive salvation? It's repenting of your sin. Resting in Christ alone. And receiving that gift by His grace. Now live it out Work it out, not work for it, but because He's adopted you into His family. Now, live it out. How? In fear and in trembling. What does that mean? To fear God, to tremble before Him. It means this. It means to live with a sense of awe, amazement, astonishment, the beauty of Christ, the holiness of Christ, the deity of Christ, the accomplishments of Christ with reverence and respect. May Christ work in us in all everywhere to have the deepest, highest, greatest Most profound reverence for him and respect of him that is possible. Working out this gift of salvation with fear and trembling. In dependence, not independence, but in a wonderful dependence on Christ. Look at verse 13. For it is God, Who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. We need him today more than we've ever needed him. And if we're alive tomorrow, we'll need him even more tomorrow. Lord, you must work in us both to will and to do, to desire and to do, to will and to work your good pleasure. Ask Christ to do that with sincerity. Ask him to so work in you and us in this ministry under Pastor Paul but the ministry of Christ throughout the nations. Lord, come work in us both to will and to work your good pleasure. Don't let us waste our life. Don't let us waste this gift of this pandemic virus. Don't let us waste what you want to teach us through COVID-19. Don't let us waste what you're doing. To humble us. May we devote ourselves to prayer. Throughout the nations. May this be known. As another. Great awakening. And I mean it. And I've read it or learned it from someone else. It's not original. Lord willing. If there's a history written about. 2020. May historians say, it's not about COVID-19. It's about God bringing about another great spiritual awakening. Not just in us, but throughout his nation. Don't waste your life. Christ did not waste his. He lived that perfect life. He died on that cross to take God's wrath and judgment that he did not deserve. That by his resurrection, if you'll repent and turn from your sin, come after him. You can live for his praise and experience the greatest joy that is beyond comprehension. Come, Lord. Work in us, through us, to do your good pleasure. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank You for Christ that He did not waste His life. He humbled Himself. He became servant, slave on our behalf. He, looked, he did not look after His own interest, but He put the interest of those you've given to Him before His own. He obeyed you. Even to the point of death on the cross, Now, Father, come and work in all of us, not just us, but the bride of your Son throughout the world. That we'll come after Christ, we'll deny ourselves, we'll take up the cross every day to follow him. That we will receive this gift of salvation by your grace, that we'll live it out. Come work in us, both to will and to work your good pleasure. In the name and the authority of Christ, amen.